It's time for the Stock Car Show on the Performance Motorsports Network. Powered by the staff at Race Chaser Online. Your motorsports, your way, every day. And now, here's your host, Tom Baker. Hello, everyone, and welcome. I should say, more properly, welcome back as we kind of kick things back off again here on Race Chaser Radio with our live broadcasts after the Thanksgiving holiday. We definitely are excited to be back and looking forward to doing a great show tonight. We hope, anyway, this is the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport and our good friends at mycomputercareer.edu. My name is Tom Baker. I am joined inside the Race Chaser Studios by Allie Boulay and Jacob Seelman. And we also have Randy Miller over in the tech shed, capably working behind the glass to punch all the right buttons tonight, kind of doing double duty with audio and video as uh, Cisco Scaramuza off tonight, doing some pre-graduation things as he gets set for his ceremony coming up uh, right quick here. Hang on a minute. You mean he's going to graduate? He's going to graduate or They're, graduate, however you want to. He's getting an education. He's getting his, he got his education. He got an and education. Now, uh, he's being kicked out. I mean, dismissed. I mean, he's graduating <laughs> from. Uh, he's being celebrated and told goodbye. Goodbye. That's exactly Bye-bye. right. <laughs> uh, okay. So as we uh, head off into the show here, we've got quite a lot. In store for you, of course, the Snowball Derby takes center stage Woot. tonight. Um, and we're uh, pretty excited to talk about that. Jacob spent uh, a week there over the weekend and um, watched it rain for one of the days. But uh, they did yeah. get at least the big race in, right? Absolutely. And uh, we also are going to hear a lot of voices this evening on the show. I talked to a lot of people over the week. Yeah. Um, and we're going to hear from them. We're going to hear from the top four. Uh, from the Snowball Derby. So that means winner Noah Gregson. We'll hear from uh, second place Ty Majeski. We'll hear from third place Jeff Choquette. And we'll hear from fourth place Connor O'Kresic, who did really, really well over the weekend in the Snowball Derby. We'll also hear from Harrison Burton. And we're going to hear from, uh, we're gonna hear from uh, Brandon Setzer. And not because of anything he did at the Snowball Derby, uh, on the track, anyway. I was going to say he kind of um, did things, but uh, yeah, we're going to we're going to hear from Brandon about uh, what it's like to go from fighting with Kyle Busch Motorsports to being employed by them, and uh, oh, by the way, helping to win the Tom Dawson Trophy too. Yeah, so uh, we're going to we're going to hear from Brandon as well. So lots to come here on the show, <laughs> and boy, do we have news! <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, let me catch my breath here. We have some big news from. NASCAR that we uh, need to talk about because we've been off for a couple of weeks. We've got a Kurt Busch announcement that I don't know if it's really big news only because we all kind of knew it was coming. Duh. But um, there was, was an official Kurt Busch, anna- uh, Kurt Busch announcement. Easy and for you to say. I think even bigger news because it was way more of a surprise. We have a Justin Haley announcement to talk about. That's where I'm going to start, too. Okay. Um we're going to start with the announcement that Justin Haley has found himself a ride for the next couple of years mm-hmm. in the NASCAR Xfinity Series with Colleague Racing. Please hold while I offer the reaction of apparently only about half the industry because some people that weren't us knew this was coming. But for those of us at the table, 
I'll offer this. Huh? Huh? Exactly. What uh, happens I'd to Ryan Truex? Ryan Truex goes He'd away. Go bye bye. Right, now, let's to be Do fair. Do they swap rides? No, no. <laughs> Ryan's out. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, Ryan Truex said publicly prior to the Homestead Xfinity race that he was done, that he did not have plans to continue with Colleg Racing in 2019. We knew that. However, I don't think a lot of people, us included, really saw Justin Haley to the 11 car coming. Not when the quality of rides like the 2 and the 21 at RCR and the 9 at Junior Motorsports were open. And the 23, thank you. I knew there was one I was missing. The, uh, the uh, You know, that there's two RCR cars, a GMS car, and a Junior Motorsports car all open. And Justin Haley, who has a very sizable budget behind him, goes to Colleg? What? I, I, I'm struggling to make sense of this. I, I really am, honestly. I, I Now, to be fair, I don't think it's necessarily a bad move. But I really, truly am puzzled when you have, you know, top-of-the-line prestige rides open in the Xfinity Series, why you, I'll use the word settle, for a calling car. I'm, I don't want to go that far. I, I, think you're, I think you're painting that with more of a black brush than it deserves to be painted with. I don't I'm not see... trying to disrespect Colic here. I'm just saying that, at least by all accounts, I would have expected Justin Haley to jump at a currently championship-contending race car. I don't believe right now that Colic Racing is a championship team. Do I believe they could get there? I guess we'll see. But I just... For Justin Haley to jump into that car and immediately contend for a championship next year, I don't see it. That's why I'm puzzled by this move. I don't... I don't see... I don't know if I... First of all, my, my two cents on this is that if Justin Haley had the chance to go somewhere else and they felt the opportunity was as good, they probably would have taken it. My... My thought on this, trying to make sense of this, is that I would have to think that, in fact, Justin Haley probably took this ride because they felt that it was the best available option for him, which means um, I would expect there's probably something more behind this, that okay. there, there's something, you know, they're, they're upgrading equipment, they're you know, there's a, a, a crew chief. Maybe he's bringing Kevin Bellacourt with him. Um, you know, I'm not really sure, but but I have to suspect um, because, Justin, it's a multi-year deal, so you're not going to sign a multi-year deal if you don't feel like this is a good situation for you. Um, and you remember, it is in the children's family, so to speak. Yeah. So we we don't really know what's going on sort of behind the scenes there. I think this is an interesting pairing because, one, that car has been in the playoffs multiple times. 
It's been in the playoffs, yes. Has it really contended? I don't think so. Has well, it made it out of the first round of playoffs? By a miracle when I Blake th- Cook I was going to say, I think Blake Cook did. Blake Cook took it to the round of eight by a miracle, but it didn't contend for a spot in the final. Truex play. didn't, but I got to be honest. I'm, I would like to see Ryan Truex in some other equipment because for me... I think the jury's still out on Ryan Truex and where his top end is. I know Justin Haley is a championship racer. I don't know if Ryan Truex at the Xfinity level, I don't know if he's a championship racer. I don't know where his talent level is. Obviously, he comes from a great lineage. Yeah. And I'm not saying he isn't. I'm just saying I don't feel he lived up to what Blake Cook did in the car. I I, I really don't. Um, Now... With that being said, I think to a certain degree, I think you got to be careful, too, because each year the Xfinity series changes. You get a year, for example, when you've got, you know, a a couple of Gibbs cars that may be running for the driver's title. It's a whole different situation than when you've got, you know, one over there or or no Penske or one, you know. So, So, by the way, in response to your comment that Ryan Truex didn't live up to what Blake Cook did in the uh, in the 11 car, Ryan Truex scored more top 10 finishes in one season than Blake Cook scored in that car in two years combined, and he scored the team's best career finish. And his average finish was better than either of Blake Cook's years. Now, you tell me Ryan Truex didn't live up to what Blake Cook did. He bettered it. Well, again, you can look at stats and talk about results all day. But, you know, if that's the case, then Ryan should still be in the car. Money. Uh, It's all about money. It's money talks. This is a financial-driven sport. He brought some money. Justin Haley brought more money. Ryan Truex brought more money than Blake Cook did. Justin Haley brought more money than both of them. But the thing is, Justin Haley, yes, he is a championship caliber driver, but only in the truck series. We don't, well, we well, don't know see, what I he can I do did, yeah, in Xfinity. If I was him, I would have stayed at GMS, gotten a championship in the truck series, or tried to fill for Spencer Gallagher's ride in the 23. Stay so, in-house. So this way you know what your equipment is and you know what you're dealing with. And I'm genuinely puzzled why he didn't get, pl- make a play for the 20. Well, first, first really we don't know when this whole deal with colleague This is true. What was was put together. Okay, we don't know how long this has been in the works. Spencer Gallagher announced his retirement very late yeah. in the going. Um and it was very sudden and out of the blue. It um was. so we don't know where that where that goes, but that we you know so I don't think we can say whether or not um, Justin should have would have could have whatever yeah. um, I I mean the twenty three is obviously good equipment but here again nobody's won races in it not not to Ooh. say that you know drivers haven't shown um, top um, six to ten Spencer won in Talladega <laughs> oh, yeah. well Thank okay you. won a plate race but I mean you know I, I'm not sure that that we should be underestimating this colleague equipment and i'm not i i think there to to me i know justin i know his family there has to be a reason why they chose this and they signed a multi-year deal so something is going on behind the scenes they have to be very comfortable that he can go out and contend for championships otherwise i don't think they would have taken the deal we'll, we'll uh, do our best to get justin on in the next couple of weeks and and uh, let him 
talk to yes. us himself about what's going on can, and can, why he chose it. Are we going derbying in the next segment? We're going derbying in the next segment, um, but we've got plenty of other news to cover later in the show. So stay with us. You are watching slash listening to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety and my computer career. We shall be right back. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! (gasps) It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. Hi, I'm Tyler Reddick, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety, and by mycomputercareer.edu, training for a better life. You can be an IT knowledgeable person in as little as four months with My Computer Career. We'll tell you about them a little later. Tom Baker, Ali Boulay, Jacob Seelman, 
Randy Miller behind the glass over in the tech shed, punching both audio and video buttons, keeping us on the air in both ways today. Cisco Scaramuza has the night off. And we were talking about uh, Justin Haley and colleague racing and some of the stuff off the newswire in the first segment. We will get back to that. But right now we're going to transition into coverage of the Snowball Derby. Jacob Seelman, our speed sport speedster, was not speeding as he traveled to and from Florida. Um, I'm sure he was. Gee. <laughs> Ellie has no faith in you, Jacob. No, she um, doesn't. Wow. So, uh, Ellie, Love you, mean it. Ellie thinks, <laughs> Ellie thinks your cruise doesn't work. Uh, Jacob was down there and in the middle of the action, and you told me something earlier that I thought was interesting oh. and a good point to start with. You said that you believe that this edition of the Derby was one of the more exciting ones you've seen in a long time. Why? Well, a couple of reasons, actually. And first off, before I dig into all that, I want to thank Tim Bryant and all the staff at Five Flags Speedway for letting me come back after last year's 50th Snowball Derby. Not that I had any doubts that I did anything wrong, but because... I was going to say, me, did you get arrested? I mean, <laughs> No. They let you come something, back. <laughs> something year, go on I didn't know about? Jokingly, I say, from year to year, you never know. And I'm just very appreciative of the Bryant family for what they do, not just with the racetrack, but with this race in general. And they were faced with a lot of challenges that we'll talk about as we go through this wrap-up of the Derby. But the whole reason I say that this was one of the better derbies I've seen, number one, it was much cleaner overall than a bu than many of the derbies I've seen. The la a couple of years we've had a wreck fest here in the last five or six, and this year was, you know, for most of the 300 laps, markedly very clean. We never had one of the uh, 75 green flag lap competition yellows, but we got close to it on several occasions, okay. and... What made this fun for me was the way the race developed. We got a late start because of all the rain that caused weepers on the front stretch. Uh, Five Flags was hit by a torrential downpour on, uh, on Saturday that washed the Snowflake 100 out to this coming weekend and basically made for a long day on Sunday. So, For those who don't know, that's the pro-late model yes. portion of the weekend. Yes. Go ahead. Um, anyway, so... We got a late start. The race it usually starts 2 p.m. Central and finishes right as we're getting into dusk. This year started right around 3.30 Central ah. and ended in total darkness under the lights at Five Flags. The first time in history that a snowball derby has started during the daytime and finished at night. Uh, very so nice. This was a very cool dynamic it's the most dynamic surface in motorsports. I'll use a uh, adage from our good friend from Auto Week and Short Track Scene, Matt Weaver, who uh, has taught me to love Five Flags Speedway. Um, so you had a lot of comers and Why goers. Why did you have to be taught to love Five Flags? Well, because up until last year's Derby, I had never been there, so I didn't understand the hype. Now ah. that I've been there for two Derbies, I understand what makes people love it. Yeah, okay. you've been there, done that, Correct. got t-shirt. Correct. Okay. Anyway, so we had comers and goers. We had the track surface, which changed even more than usual because of the temperature shift from daytime to nighttime. And the way the tire strategy developed was just so much fun, and it's what led to the rise and fall of Harrison Burton, who we'll hear from later, and it's what ultimately led to Noah Gregson coming down 
and taking the victory on a six-lap dash to the finish because everybody came down for tires when Harrison didn't after a late race caution, or more accurately, couldn't because he was out of tires. And ultimately, Noah was the beneficiary able to take the lead and go on to victory in the exact same car, by the way, that Kyle Busch won the 50th Derby in one year ago. This was a big moment for Noah. It was his final race as a full-time driver with Kyle Busch Motorsports, his final race with crew chief Marcus Richmond, who worked with him last year. Rudy Fugel, his crew chief from this year, was down there, and of course Cody Glick, the head of the KBM late model program. They were all kind of collaborating on these two cars for Gregson and Raphael Lassard. Both of them contended all day, but it was Noah who I felt like his maturity and learning how to deal with the pressure of the Truck Series championship fight let him stay cool when it counted most, let him know when to capitalize, and when he needed to pounce, boy, did he ever pounce. And the emotion when he took that checkered flag came, burned the tires down on the front stretch, which got a uh, bit of a glare from Ricky Brooks in town, <laughs> and uh, then screamed at the television camera and proceeded to climb the fence. It was just a great thing, and it was everything that fans need to love about Noah Gregson. It was spontaneous. It was fun. It was energetic. It's what the Snowball Derby has needed over the past couple years, and Noah gave us every bit of that. And Noah also gave Jacob an interview. Hey, Randy, why don't you hit the button and let's hear it? I don't think when I first met this kid shoot almost six years ago now and he was running a legends car that either of us could have predicted we'd be sitting here now but Noah Gregson you get to take home the Tom Dawson trophy and officially call yourself the winner of the 51st snowball derby I know it's had a few minutes to sit in but I imagine as you mentioned a couple minutes ago this is still pretty damn surreal oh yeah it's it's unbelievable just knowing the history here at Five Flags Speedway, the history of the Snowball Derby, the history of everybody who comes and supports this race, the history of all the racers who have won this race and competed in this race, and it feels like a dream to me to be able to sit here and look at this trophy and know that I'm taking it home tonight. I know you put a lot of pressure on yourself when you get behind the wheel to compete, but Knowing that this was your last hurrah, potentially, with KBM, knowing what this race means, was this the only acceptable result in your mind, knowing what all it meant? Absolutely. I was coming here to win, and that was the only thing. Take me back now. Uh, you're sitting top five with, oh, 25 or so laps to go, right before the caution comes out, and I'm sure starting to see this race slip away. That caution comes out, and you know you've got a set of tires did that breathe new life into you all of a sudden? Yeah, I really didn't think about the win or anything. 25 to go. I knew there's still a long time anything happened. And knowing that there's still tires in the pit box, I felt really confident in, uh, in the opportunity to win this race, especially coming off of pit road and, and second um, on the track, first off of pit road. Um, Harrison stayed out. So just... Knowing that I was on newer tires, he was on about 50 lap old tires, I pretty much wrote him off and knew that Ty Majeski was, and uh, Jeff Choquette was going to give me a run for my money, so um, just had to stay execution focused and, uh, and just focused on getting the job done. 
you talked earlier about how the truck championship run and racing for that helped, I don't want to say take the pressure off, but maybe helped you compartmentalize it and alleviate some of the strength of that pressure. How did it train you mentally to get ready to go on this run and win this race? Uh, it, it just helped being in an environment that I've had to deal with that kind of pressure. Um, racing for the Truck Series Championship is definitely a really big deal and so to be able to do that and have that experience and knowing that I can overcome stuff and have the momentum from the Truck Series season that I've had and just all the people who support me, um, I felt like I, couldn't, I could do no wrong. What would you tell 13 or 14 year old Noah Gregson as you're just starting your racing career? The, the Noah that you are today, what, what, what message would you give back to yourself? Don't change a thing. I, I can tell you, you're, you're sitting here still trying to soak all this in. What, what does this mean? Is this the biggest win of your career? Absolutely. This is bigger than any truck series win I've had running second in my Xfinity Series debut at Richmond earlier this year. This is more of an accomplishment than that, just because of all the history and all the badass drivers that come to this race. I know you've had a lot of congratulations already rolling in. Have you heard from the boss yet? Yeah, he texted me, uh, I don't know, I'll see. He texted me, great job, nice way to make it happen for all of us. Great race, thank you. And so that's pretty damn cool. You move forward. Is this the right way to close the chapter? Do you, do you feel like now we can say, hey, this new chapter's ahead and this was, this was the, the best way to cap it off? Yeah, you can't cap it off any better than hanging up a banner at Kyle Busch Motorsports and my final race at Kyle Busch Motorsports, my final race with Toyota for this year, moved on to the Xfinity Series with Junior Motorsports next year. I don't think you could ride it any better. How have you changed from from two years ago when you first joined KBM to now? Uh, I don't think I've changed my personality at all. I just, I just tried to focus on the things I can control and just being the best I can be. Where are you going to put the trophy? I don't know. I don't even know. Maybe on my living room or something. I don't know. Yet. I was going to say, you need a pretty big mantle to try and put this thing on. Yeah, but a big old trophy. <laughs> Noah Gregson, the official winner of the 51st Annual Snowball Derby. Now we have to clarify official because for those who aren't initiated into the Snowball Derby, um, there's there's winning the race and taking the checkered flag and then you have to win it again in the room of doom yes <laughs> otherwise known as the tech barn uh where ricky brooks is looking at every little thing and uh -huh. there is a zero tolerance policy and i mean zero with ricky brooks so the fact that noah made it out of the room of doom and basically, that's like winning the race again. You should get a, another trophy. I should get something like a, a giant, uh, I don't know, giant hammer, or a little set of scales or something for making it through the room of doom. But Noah Gregson picking up the win. And I, I can't believe he said that was bigger than the truck series. I can for him. I can for a couple of reasons real quickly before we go to break. Yeah. Number one. Noah has Noah referenced a few times in his post-race conversations with the media Sunday night that he felt like he skipped a step in his development with 
the super late models and that he's wanted to write that over the last couple years and that KBM has really helped teach him what it means to drive these cars and be successful in these cars. But Noah is also a very astute student of the sport and very astute when it comes to appreciating the history of the sport, even at his age. He was there a year ago watching and listening to his boss, Kyle Busch, talk about what it meant right. and what it means to win the Snowball Derby. He knows what this race means, not just to the super late model community, but to the racing community as a whole. He recognizes that to win this race means you've done something and you're going to be remembered in much the same way in the short track community as Daytona 500 winners are remembered in the NASCAR community. This isn't just a race that sticks with you for the rest of your career. It's a race that sticks with you the rest of your life. For sure. And Noah Gregson, now it is in his pocket. He has picked up the win and he moves on now in 2019 to race for Junior Motorsports. Should be, I think, a big year for him in the Xfinity Series next year. We so. don't know which car number he's going to be racing. Yet. We, we, we will get that announcement soon. Back with more of the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety, and by My Computer Career right after these words. Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, Camping World Truck, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the HMS staff is always ready to take the time to help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. What an awesome game. What's up with your car? I don't know. It won't start. How are we getting home? Chill. My parents signed me up for the roadside assistance from Lewis Meineke. It was free with my oil change. They'd come and get the car started or get us home and tow the car to the shop. Good to know. With my driving, my parents never know what to expect. When you join the Meineke Car Care Club with a $35 preferred service, you get four free months of roadside assistance, including tire change, battery jump, lockout service, towing, and more. Contact Lewis Meineke, located on Route 1, or call 827-2054. 
When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, is a lung disease that robs people of their ability to breathe. As many as 24 million Americans suffer from COPD, also known as chronic bronchitis or emphysema, and half of them don't know they have the disease. If you or someone you love is over 35 and has smoked more than 100 cigarettes in their lifetime, visit driveforcopd.org and take the screener, then take that to your doctor. I'm Jeff Stoltz, and I drive for COPD. Hi, I'm John Holloman, and you're listening to Race Talk from the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Well, that's some news we can tell you about as we come back live to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport and My Computer Career. John Holloman bringing us back from break, and it was announced um, over the this past week that John Holloman is now engaged to be married oh yes he asked his uh girlfriend to to marry him she accepted she is now his fiance congratulations to john holloman the fourth um they've been going a while together and uh it's going to be uh i think a a, a a great relationship so uh we wish john and his new bride to be nothing but the best and uh, looking forward to hopefully getting john in here again over the winter at some point um, while we can. Before we get back to the Derby coverage, hey, I got a question for you. Is your job sucking the life out of you? I mean, really, do you hate your job? Do you hate what you do? Well, here's some good news for you. If you hate what you can do, you can do something else. Here's what you can do. How about information technology? I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math or science person. No problem. It's not rocket science. It's my computer career. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You can do that. Go there right now. While you're listening to our show, open up another screen, another another, another uh, browser or whatever, and go to mycomputercareer.edu. Take the free career evaluation. You could start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. That's only 16 weeks. Mycomputercareer.edu is the place for that seven campuses, or you can study online. So again, two to three days a week is all it takes. Mycomputercareer.edu, welcome them to the family here at Race Chaser Radio, and we look forward to hopefully a long relationship with them. And we move back into our derby coverage at this point, and we talked about Noah Gregson in the last segment. He won the thing. Uh-huh. But there were some other really good performances in the Derby that we'll get to in this segment. Uh, Ty Majeski finishing second. Jeff Choquette th- finishing third. And Connor Okrezik. Oh, my gosh. Coming across in fourth. That one really surprised me. Connor is, for those who don't know, a young driver out of Alabama who is, we know him well from running the summer shootout here at Charlotte this year on the quarter mile with the Legends cars. Hang on a minute. No, Connor didn't run the shootout. Yes, he did. Okrezik? Sure he did. Yes, Connor ran the shootout, and now Connor has run late models 
and it, it has moved up to late models is doing very very well yeah and now has back-to-back -to -back top five efforts in super late models on the gulf coast he finished second to Stephen nassie in the uh the mobile 300 a couple weeks ago and yep. now has a top five finish in the snowball derby for the second year in a row but i don't want to start with connor just because i feel like his story is best saved for last i think well, uh, that's fine ty majeski certainly I just feel like he's the biggest story oh uh, no absolutely. i expect ty to be up there and i expect choquette to be up there because yeah. between the two of them they've been doing it for about 50 years huh. you you are uh, not wrong about that and ty majeski certainly with his best shot to win the uh, snowball derby he uh, came on late, didn't even take the lead until lap 209. And at the end of the day, uh, if not for Harrison Burton's tire strategy, I think Majeski uh, would have probably led the rest of the way out. But uh, as it is, um, <laughs> now, now, now you've got me all spun out. As it is, uh, Majeski, Majeski. Yeah, Majeski coming home. <laughs> second was running Noah Gregson down he said if he had two more laps he'd have won that race and Toby Noodleman after the race That's what they all say his crew chief did agree and I agree honestly. I had two more laps I was faster than Noah over that last run he just ran out of time but and this is where I'm going to get Randy ready to hit a button uh Ty found it hard to be disappointed he uh was smiling he kind of socked Toby and said I asked for a chance to win the Derby. You gave me a chance, so how can I be disappointed? And I loved that attitude. I also loved this interview. Randy, hit the button. I think I like Ty Majeski's attitude right now. He just socked Crew Chief Toby Noodleman and said, you can't ask for any more than what we just got. I know it's bittersweet because it's the Derby, but shoot, you were coming those last five laps. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was giving all I had there. Uh, just, man, if we had one, maybe two more laps, uh, the outcome might have been a little bit different. The race would have been pretty good, but uh, congrats to Noah and everyone at KBM. They do a great job, obviously, with their late model program. And um, I feel like we hadn't beat tonight. I feel like we had the field covered. Uh, just unfortunately, we couldn't put this highracing.com for in victory lane. Last year, you started strong, and then pit strategy got you off, and you couldn't be there at the end. This year, you didn't even take the lead till 92 to go. Was that part of the plan? Uh, no, we just didn't have the track position early. Obviously, we started 18th, 19th. Um, Why we had a pit crew that's never done a wide five pit stop before. Um, so their first stop was a little bit shaky, uh, but the next two, man, were, were exactly what we needed. Uh, they really came through there. Um, we just lost that little bit of track position with the well, five-on-five wheels, uh, but we knew that coming in, and um, just need a couple more laps there. Do you leave with a smile? Yeah, certainly. I mean, to, to build a brand new race car, um, come down here um, with essentially, you know, no laps on it, uh, just a testament to everyone back at the shop and how good of a good job they do uh, building these things. You know, there again, I mean, Ty is really, really in a position, I think, that's sort of unenviable right now because yeah. here he is coming off that big run um, and finishing second, and yet, you know, the news breaks over the weekend that Roush Fenway's Xfinity yeah. program is gone. So Ty worked so hard for a couple of years to try and make something out of his opportunities there, and really, again, you know, the stats won't show it, but he performed very well yes. in that car when when he was on the track. But of course, you know the thing either broke or it wrecked, or he got wrecked. I was going to say he never wrecked it; he got wrecked. Yeah, a bunch. And, and that's the thing. And I mean, over two years, this is the way yeah. it was. But that was an interesting interview. You know, Ty is a guy who is still young enough 
that if somebody would just get behind him, yes. he's got an opportunity to be a superstar. I Absolutely. really truly believe that he's got that kind of talent. The problem is he doesn't have any money behind right. him. And right. that's unfortunate. So for now, he's back in late models. Right. And on the flip side of that coin, a driver who uh, has kind of started to make his living on the Gulf Coast, Jeff Choquette, for the second straight year finished on the podium in the Snowball Derby. Last year he thought he was going to have a chance to win it, and, uh, well, this year again he thought he was going to have a chance to win it. It didn't pan out, but much like Majeski, Choquette was coming, and I think both of them were faster than Noah Gregson in the final laps. Afterwards, though, uh, Jeff... Very matter-of-fact when he said uh, that he really didn't think there was any more he could do. Jeff Choquette keeps coming so close. Podiums the last two years, and I can't, I, I know you're probably already wondering what if. Was there any more you could have done on that last restart uh, to get get the last two there? No, I, I felt like we did a really good job uh, all week in keeping up with the racetrack and uh, finishing under the lights here kind of caught me by surprise. It just never happened, so I you know, was on the same schedule, just didn't keep up track of time with this morning and, and all that kind of stuff. Didn't realize the late start that we got. But, uh, you know, if you, if you look at the guys that were not so good in the early part of the run, um, in the early part of the race, they, they were really good there in the end. And you look at the guys that were good in the early, uh, not so good in the end. So, you know, I mean, Harrison was all in the mail in the beginning. I had nothing for him there early on. And, uh, you know, he ended up fading. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what happened to him, but we just got super tight. But uh, can't thank these, uh, can't thank Deep South Crane and uh, Jet and, and Cook Electric and everybody that puts in the effort to, to get us here. Can't thank them guys enough. And see, I I loved this because Jeff, we were talking off the top of our Derby conversation about comers and goers and how the uh, the change in track from start to finish, the daytime to nighttime transition was going to help some guys and hurt others. And yet, Jeff Choquette basically just spelled it out. You know, the guys who were good in the daytime weren't good at night, and the guys yeah. who weren't good in the daytime got good at night. Harrison Burton was really the only driver that I felt like was good in both. Well, and see, that's key. Unfortunately, when the late race, the whole late race pit stop cycle thing happened, and he chose not to take tires... Um, yeah, that was a big deal. Well, not for chose, him. not chose, not. He was on a different strategy. He had taken his last set with seventy six to go. Right. Everybody so he, else but, saved theirs, banking on a late caution. Right. So because of that, he had no tires for the late race run, and I think that that strategy right. is what bit him in right. the end. Now let's circle back to the driver we were talking about yes, earlier, Connor Kresic. Now I I will uh, okay. So it's Monday, and it's my first Monday back, and I'm old. Um. <laughs> I was confusing Connor Okresik earlier with Connor Mozak in the uh, Legends cars at the shootout. Okresik, late model guy. And Okresik, again, two really spectacular runs here. It is difficult yes. to finish in the top five two years in a row. Absolutely. At the uh, at this the Snowball Derby because uh, now the entries were way down this year. We can yeah. talk about that in a minute. But nonetheless... These are the best of the best. Yeah. So two top fives is hard. It he is. He pulled it off. Yes, he did. Now, people are talking about Okrezik in the same breath now as guys like Charlie Bradbury and Augie Grill. There are guys 
and, and fans from the state of Alabama who believe that Connor Okrezik could be the next great driver out of the state of Alabama is where I'm going with that. And honestly, after oh, that's what a I've, long list and a big. You know, you're is. talking the Allisons and. It is, but we're talking about short track guys. Connor, oh, okay. You know, you know Connor. They, there are a lot of people that feel Connor could be the next great short track star from the state of Alabama. And after what I've seen from this teenager the last two years, I really tend to agree with him. This particular interview, by the way, happened long after Tech was completed and everybody was gone. The car was still sitting on pit road. Everybody was still celebrating. Well except for Connor, who was uh, laying on his golf cart, and wow. then uh, this happened. Connor Okrezik told me at the start of the day that a top five was going to feel like a top five, and he wanted to win. I imagine that hasn't changed, but you sit in the top five almost this entire day, and I feel like proved a lot to a lot of people. What do you take away from this snowball derby? Oh, for sure. This is a big learning experience for us, for sure. I mean, we ran good all day. I mean, I, I wish we could have pulled out a win. I mean, this does feel like a top five, not a not a win. It's kind of a disappointing day because we, I, I think we had at least a top three car at the end of the day. But, I mean, you can't really complain too much with the top five, I guess, in the snowball derby. Especially against the competition that you were racing on the final restart. Walk me through what's going through your mind once you've got the fresh tires. You know Harrison is uh, going to be dropping anchor. I mean, how, how are you kind of compartmentalizing all this? And, and then you made a hell of a move to get through there and even have a shot to, to go after the top three. I was just hoping Harrison didn't spin his tires too bad on the restart. And thankfully he didn't, so he didn't stack us up too bad. And I was able to move off. I was able to... I mean, I touched him a little bit getting off into one. That's completely justified. Anyone would have done the same thing in that situation. And we made a move, got down low before I lost any other spots, and tucked in, tried to chase down Chiquette, but wasn't able to do that with the car we had. It was just a little bit too tight at the end. Needed a little bit longer of a run, and I think we could have had a shot at at least third. Do you feel like that you maybe earned a little extra respect today knowing some of the guys you were racing toe-to-toe -to -toe with all afternoon? I mean, I think so. I, I can't be positive. I don't know how they all think I race, but I think I probably earned some respect from all of them, I guess. For a season that you characterized as up and down for most of it, pretty good up to end it on? This is a pretty good up to end it on. Not the up we were hoping for, not the derby win, but we can't really complain too much. I mean, all these guys worked their butts off to get us here. I mean, everyone on the car, Metro Glass, Sineker Performance, uh, Hamner Race Engine, Sleep Center, Paragon Cleaners, and just all the rest of the guys in the crew, and just all the rest of the guys in the car, too. This motivating to come back next year and try to get on that podium? Oh, for sure. We're going we're gonna to try to come back next year and try to win it. <laughs> Well, there you go. And, Absolutely. You know, that's a guy who definitely could do that. And, uh, you know, he's he's a driver that I think you kind of look at and say, okay, you know, this is this may not be the guy who leapfrogs from this to, you know, to the to the trucks, to the Xfinity, to the Cup Series necessarily. This is a guy who, as you said, may be the next Augie Grill or Absolutely. Bubba Pollard who is the late model young gun who stays in the late models and just, you know, gets better and better each year and has a long career there. Uh, not to say that he doesn't have the talent to go forward, but, 
you know, he's been, he's gotten a lot of experience in both the pros and the supers. He did race legends, by the way, um, and still does at times over in Alabama. Um, and so he's a guy who's driven a lot of different stuff and it started to go karts and, and, and all of that. So, you know, this is a talented young, young driver who definitely, I think, is one of the future stars or longtime future stars of the super late model division if he stays there. I would agree with that. 100%. Yeah, 100%. That's uh that's a tough deal to do going there and uh you know and finishing uh in the top five twice. Um and so it definitely is uh going to be we've got still plenty more to talk about here too. We've got uh uh still interviews with Harrison Burton and Brandon Setzer as well coming up and we've got plenty of news off the newswire still to get to. Uh with that we will take a break. When we come back, we'll have more of the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport and my computer career. Be right back. Everywhere you go, you hear it and you see it. It's coming at you through your phone, your tablet, and your computer. It's broadcast from your favorite radio station, TV networks, and cable companies. It's in the stadiums, the arenas, the ballparks. It screams for your attention at the mall. It's interactive on Main Street. It's even coming at you from the gas pump at the nearby convenience store. What is it? It's digital content. It's digital content. It's digital content. Somebody has to create it. Somebody has to manage it. So whether your dream is to write it, design it, create it, call it, produce it, voice it, post it, light it, shoot it, switch it, record it, color correct it, edit it, code it, repurpose it, tweet it, blog it, post it, compress it, upload it, replay it, or make sure it gets to where it's got to go when it's got to get there in the format it's got to be in. You need to attend Carolina School of Broadcasting. The skills you will learn, the experience you will get, and the connections you will make at Carolina School of Broadcasting will open the doors to the career you want in digital content creation and digital content management. Call or come by today. Click csbradiotv.edu. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Tyler Dipple and you're listening to their Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Yeah, Dippling is in fashion here uh, in the Race Chaser studio. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. We are scheduled to be on location 
and HMS Motorsport here in Mooresville next week. So uh, feel free to come by and join us next Monday night between 7 and 9 Eastern at HMS Motorsport right here in Mooresville. It's located just about five minutes from our studios here, and we are excited. We're going to be, we're scheduled the next two weeks there. So uh, stay tuned for, uh, to see how all of that works out, but we are scheduled to be on location the next two weeks at HMS Motorsport here in Mooresville. Tom Baker, Ali Belay, Jacob Seelman behind the glass over in the tech shed is Randy Miller. And we're just going to go straight to it. Jacob, you had a chance to chat with uh, the venerable Harrison Burton, who is never at a loss for words. No, no, he was never at a loss for words, and he had a lot to say after the Snowball Derby. And he this sure really did. circles around the fact that uh, the tire strategy just did not work for them. Uh, but he, he said afterwards, for he and Chris Wimmer, that was their play, that because of their slower pit stops, they did not have the sheer speed to win the Snowball Derby. He said that straight up, so they had to make the play. If it wasn't for the last caution, it would have worked out. He was a little dejected dejected sitting on the pit <laughs> wall talking to me about it but uh in typical harrison fashion still found a way to crack a smile we're gonna let jacob uh fix his dentures and while he's realigning his teeth we'll go ahead and, and uh, listen to what harrison had to say i didn't think this was the conversation that i was going to be having with harrison burton but the last caution bit you what's going through your mind when it comes out and you know ah we got nothing left down there um well, I was just thinking of different ways I could try and win the thing still. I, I didn't give up. None of us give up ever. And um, that's what's cool about this race team is even though we were down and out, we still gave it a shot. And, and that's all you can do in that situation. I'm proud of the call. I think I'd, even if, um, you know, if that situation would come again, I'd do it again. I think that was the right call. Uh, just needed to stay green. That was our only chance to win. And we took it and it didn't roll out for us. So, our racing. When you came through there, and 27 to go all of a sudden here you are blowing by Majeski from three and a half seconds back I mean is that the at any point do you let yourself think hey we might actually win this thing no um, I was just trying to stay focused thank you man uh, I was just trying to stay focused man this these races are so hard to win even if you got better tires so just in my march trying to save as much tires as I could and, and that way if we did get a yellow I wouldn't be completely out of luck but um, apparently I didn't save enough so uh, just no grip man on old tires yeah especially here so it's tough but part of it what happened during the middle stages because I know I know that there were some struggles on pit road but it just like maybe you looked like maybe you lacked a little bit of something too in traffic that uh, you know where this car was a bullet out front yeah this place is hard in traffic man it uh, it's really hard to pass people here because they exit so low so it's hard even if you get a run I'd get runs on people and not be able to really do much with them because um, the places I would get runs on them wasn't good so I had to adjust to that and get a little better and uh, I felt like our car didn't get any worse um, I think our track position got worse and that didn't hurt or didn't help and then um, just you know I think the other cars got a little better as well so um, I think we had a car capable of winning if we were in the right situation and just didn't shake out so KBM cars have now won the last two derbies is this something where first chance you get in the shop you're going to look at Kyle and say I'm coming back to try to win one next year right I'll try man I I want to do it with my guys though I I, uh, I love you know I love my team at Wimmer Motorsports here and uh, I love all the boys at, at College Motorsports too so I'll be happy either way I, I um, 
I don't know, man. There's just something about this 12 team that I love. It's, it's, you know, it feels like home to me. So I uh, enjoy it. Um, and then KBM feels like a second home. So I, I got good two situations there. And either way it goes, I'll, I'll be happy. And, and I know I can win races in either one. So uh, I want to be back. I want to race Supers. I don't know if I'll have time to. I'll try. But I want to. And, and we'll see what happens. Will we see you back here next year for this race? I don't even know yet, to be honest with you. Um, I want to be here. I want to be here. I, I have a feeling in my stomach like I want to throw up and cry and whatever at the same time. So I want to come back and get a little vengeance. Um, out of the pole, though, that's really cool. We get the pole here and, and take away some positives that we had a good car. And um, sometimes just a race doesn't fall your way and then the cards aren't, aren't in your hands. So, um, you know, just proud of how things went. Um, just not how our we the things we could control we did well that's yeah. that's a good way to sum it up I, i'm just not, i'm not too sure about that strategy honestly you you have to know that that later in the race this is the snowball derby you're going to get caution flags as we get down to the end i i really don't think that strategy can work at the snowball derby jacob no it can't but you got to try. Oh, it was a good try. I can't blame him for trying. I'm just, I, I'm not too sure about that one. Uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll leave that to everybody to ponder while we move right on because yes. we're going to hear from Brandon Setzer next. Brandon's a driver, for those of you who don't know, he's, he's from North Carolina. He's big in the late models here. And, you know, we know Brandon very well, the son of former NASCAR great Dennis Setzer. Brandon had an incident in, back in May at a Cars Tour race where he and Kyle Busch Motorsports uh, driver Rafi Lassard, let's just say that uh, they had a little disagreement. And, you know, a, a bigger disagreement ensued, and, you know, some people got suspended and such. And um, next thing we know, where do we see Brandon Setzer? He's working at Kyle Busch Motorsports. I mean, you know, this is just how the world turns, right? Yes, this is, this is how irony works. Yeah, naturally. And, oh, by the way, KBM called Brandon. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. So, so you know, <laughs> hey, we hate that you fought us. You want a job? Yeah, something like that. We got Brandon on tape. He's going to tell us that story. All right, Brandon Setzer. So <laughs> we're going to flash back for a second. How do you go from... The uh, well-publicized incident, we'll call it, back earlier this year against the 51 car to now be standing here at the Snowball Derby in KBM colors. Yeah, I mean, it was a little surprising when I got the call and uh, they were looking for a guy to come work. And uh, I didn't know if it was a joke or if it was serious and then went and talked to him and um, ended up being a good fit. So I've been at KBM for probably three months. Been a lot of fun. So hopefully we can get a tom dawson trophy here win the snowball what's been the difference for you obviously driving's in your blood but to to kind of take a step back and do it from this side of things no it's it's a lot of fun i've always worked on my own stuff and um you know i've seen it as an opportunity i can learn a lot and make myself better um i can produce a better car for myself and you know hopefully i can help kbm produce a, a better car too so it's been a lot of fun and uh you know you can't race forever can't spend money you know it's not an endless amount of money to go racing so eventually you got to start making money so uh it's been good are we going to see you pick and choose back in a car for at all next year yeah no absolutely i'm going to run as much as i can um hopefully six to eight races and you know hopefully it's just like this year we show up to the racetrack and we got a chance to win we've had a really good year we just hadn't finished it off but uh hopefully show up at that same speed next year 
Kind of got to wonder, don't you, if uh, him and whoever Kyle's driver de jour of the day is are in the same space at the same time at a track like Hickory with two to go. Um, you know, got to kind of wonder how that's all going to work out, don't you? Which To which allegiance does Brandon owe <laughs> in the, at that point? Uh, you know, it, it's, yeah. it's kind of either the win or your job sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, exactly. You know? uh, it, it's interesting, though, um, because ultimately – as, and as I'm sure everybody who's listening figured this out, that interview was taped on pit road just prior to the start of the Snowball right. Derby. And by the end of the Snowball Derby, Brandon was one of the winning crew members because Noah Gregson, of course, in a KBM car, KBM, yep. ended up going to victory lane. So all's well that ends well, and Brandon gets to go home, and everybody celebrates a trophy. Noah, as he mentioned, gets to uh, put a banner in the shop and – kept this story off the right way on all counts. You know, that's the thing that really stuck out to me about this whole derby was that this really felt like a true, I don't want to say fairy tale ending for yeah. Noah, but it felt like this ended the way it was supposed to. No disrespect to Harrison Burton, but everything just kind of wrote itself together like you had a feeling in the final 50 laps when that 18 car was still hanging around that maybe there was something left for the uh, for the Hollywood script to write itself. And ultimately, with that six-lap sprint, that's exactly what happened. And uh, anybody who happens to follow me on Twitter, by the way, at JacobSealman77, you got to see some of the raw emotion from, from Noah and a couple of the images that I was uh, blessed to be able to capture there of the post-race celebration. And it was just cool, man. It was just the really, fence. really cool. Climb the fence. Hang off the fence. <laughs> <laughs> and unlike Tony Stewart, he is not too dang fat to climb fences. That, hey, you know what? I had I, I I had to give Noah crap for this. He didn't puke this time like that's he did right. last year. Well, he just he just won a granddaddy watch. I mean, that's enough to make anybody throw up, right? Tom Dawson trophy is more important than the granddaddy watch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, that's uh, it was a big win for Noah, and he kissed the trophy queen. Which <laughs> he tried to kiss her. Well, she diverted said, no. and turned her head. So hang on a minute, you you missed it. There was a second attempt where she accepted. He did actually get the kiss. See, so he and had the then girl and, the trophy. And, and and then in tech, he got her number too. <laughs> oh, well. I thought you were gonna say he kissed he kissed the or tech guy. No, <laughs> well, uh, no I, I, I think Ricky Brooks might have taken the win if, the, <laughs> if exactly. Noah had done that. But uh, yeah, no. Uh, um, yeah, he he uh, he did. I, I can confirm. I was standing there when the exchange happened. He uh, he did get the trophy girl's number. That's funny. Well, it good for hilarious. him. Old fa little old fashioned um, little old fashioned marketing there on Noah's part. Uh, <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. So uh, Noah getting the win um, again. Attendance way down. Entries way down by like a third. At we the had, Snowball I Derby. think, 62 cars last year, and we had 47 this year. Which yeah. Was very, I don't know. I mean, I, I said this to a few people that I don't believe you can read into the state of the sport just based on one event. If this becomes a trend mm. next year, maybe. But I, I just don't know that there are too many factors, I feel like, to make a, a rash judgment based on one Snowball Derby. Well, there, uh, here's what I think we can say. I know that there, there are a lot of issues in late model racing in general. There's a lot of issues with motors and which motors do we run and which ones are we going to outlaw. And there's issues with bodies. You know, you got five star, I think, with that new body out and, yeah. you know, half the people don't want it, want to approve it. And, you know, it's just... 
there's there are a lot of issues surrounding uh-huh. the, a lot of flux in the late model division, especially in the southeast region, and you know the what I'll call the mid south or delta region of the country um, that I think need to be addressed and and quickly because car counts in the late model division in general are down all over this area. And the same with the super late models for the most part, too. So going to be interesting. We're, we're going to delve further into yeah. that um, in one of our upcoming shows, either before the end of this year or uh, as we come back off of the holidays next year. Uh, we're yeah. going to delve more into the whole late model I ne- issue. I, I need to apologize for chuckling, by the way. It wasn't necessarily at the discussion that uh, that you were having with us. It's uh, I'll, well, I'm not going to spoil it. I'll, I'll 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 fill you in on why I was chuckling after the break because this is a treat. All right. Well, we're going to learn that uh, when we come back. We got another whole hour. Don't go anywhere. We've got uh, a lot more to talk about here and uh, one more piece of audio. Before we're done with tonight's show, stick around. You are listening to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport and My Computer Career. Be right back. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math and science person. No problem and no excuses. Because it's not rocket science. It's my computer career. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You can start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Mycomputercareer.edu. That's mycomputercareer.edu. Hi, I'm Reed Sorensen. Racing has been a part of me and my family for as long as I can remember. I had to make tough choices early on to get to the top. It took hard work and dedication, but it's those tough choices that helped me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. Hi, I'm Timmy Salamito, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show, presented by HMS Motorsport and my computer career, trading for a better life. And we are about to do another hour of radio here and live stream video if you're watching us on our Facebook Live page or if you're listening to us on any of our uh sources for podcasting of course we're live on the performance motorsports network and on spreaker um we are also available via download on demand once the show is over 
on SoundCloud and a bunch of other podcast sources. Just search Race Chaser Radio. But of course, you can also watch us at, via our video live stream um, at uh, on our Race Chaser Media Facebook page. Go to Race Chaser Media for that on Facebook and just uh, give us a click and you can join us and chat in the chat. We, uh, we've got Alex Bowman coming up shortly. We're going to hear from uh-huh. him. Um, but... Back to the newswire. So, I was. Do do I not get to talk about why I was chuckling? Oh, go ahead. Talk about why (laughs) you were chuckling. Okay. (laughs) So, I just came across this right before our last break, and it doesn't have anything to do with the usual wheelhouse of this show, but it's too stinking funny to not bring up. Uh, For those of you not wondering where we're going here, this is what makes Jacob laugh. It's hilarious. It is. Jacob Seelman. It is. Okay. Go ahead, Jacob. (laughs) Robert Wickens and James Hinchcliffe in a hospital hallway. What could possibly go wrong? Oh, I can think of a million ways this could go bad. Absolutely. Something that involves wheelchairs. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Hinch decided to hijack both a wheelchair and a rolly stool. (laughs) And he and Robbie proceeded to act out Days of Thunder. Oh, no. Oh, yes. It starts, Hinch decides to collide with Wiccan's wheelchair. They get into a disagreement. And the IndyCar race stewards, who, by the way, are all on Twitter, Max Pappas says, drive through Hinchtown for avoidable contact over Robert Wiccan's. We need him in now. Ari Lyondike, boys will be boys, Max, no penalties. <laughs> Soon, oh the two break out in a full-speed race. There's more contact, more wheel-to-wheel racing, and things get pretty intense. In Lee Diffie voice, the IndyCar Series Twitter goes, Look at Robert Wickens holding off Hinchtown as they come down the front straight. I can't do a Lee Diffie voice, I'm sorry. I Respect to the man for doing it in the way that only he can. And then later, update. Hinchtown got busted because Robbie posted a sign on his Instagram story. From the hospital staff, rolling stools can be unpredictable. Therefore, they are for staff use only. Thank you for keeping you and your children safe by not sitting on them or playing on them. Oh, boy. And then they finish with a fist bump. Wow. Professionals do not try this at home. This was strictly professional use only. I, I loved Wiccans. I guess I'll never be Tom Cruise as long as Hinchtown's around. <laughs> well, you know, here again, there's, you know, it's just great I love to these see. Two. I it's really great do. to see that Wiccans is in such good spirits. Yes. And, you know, him and Hinch are great friends. I mean, they're like brothers. And, and uh, you know, it's just, like I said, it, it it's great to see that Wiccans has uh, his sense of humor and, and just, you know, his situation is, is just so hard for all of us to watch because we're, we're we really want him to get better and to be able to walk again and to be able to get back in the race car again um but uh you know he's he's really fighting hard and that's great to see for sure um wanted to get back to the newswire because yes. uh we had sort of a tease over the weekend of a news story that really isn't a news story because yeah. we all knew it was coming um, uh-huh. unless by some miracle he would have won the championship. But even if that had happened, I'm not sure it would have changed the outcome. No. But regardless, Kurt Busch formally announced that he was leaving SHR. And I think at any moment of any day in the next uh, few days, because remember, folks, this is Performance Racing Industry Trade Show Week. So basically from tomorrow forward, 
you know, all of the motorsports industry gathers in Indianapolis for the trade show. Yep. Um, I'll be out there for the first couple days of it. And everybody gathers and, and there's all kinds of big news that comes out of there. It's a great place to break news, get a big audience and do a big, you know, whoop to do and, you know, all kinds of trade show boosts and all that. Um, Kurt Busch out of the 41. I think it is a foregone conclusion that at any moment now, we're going to see Ali Kurt Bush goes to the one for Chip Ganassi. Yes? <laughs> no? no? What do you think? I know nothing. Ali knows nothing. <laughs> Jacob, what do you know? <laughs> well, I don't know anything, but what I think is that if they don't announce it soon, they're dumb. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, might as well. We I'm, all. Just gonna, I'm just going to. Sorry, Allie. I, I'm just going to. Well, I know the, you, you don't have any power over that. You understand I know there's, nothing. there's business related things that have to go on in there. Yeah. But look, for those for those of you listening to or watching this show right now. Just just look here. Look look at Coach Tom here, okay? Here here's the deal. Kurt Bush is going to the one. Just take it from me. Um this is not news. It's just a matter of when. And it's Monster's going with him. Um Kurt Bush and Monster to the one. And here's the other big news that we haven't had yet, but we're gonna have eventually, even though we don't have it now. Daniel Prediction Suarez Daniel to Suarez to the forty one. Yeah. Ding. To replace Kurt Bush, who's going to the one. Yes, shocking, To replace right? Jamie McMurray, who's going to the bench. That's basically <laughs> who he, is going to become the Dario Franchitti of NASCAR. Yeah, um, and I, I, I guess that more or less means driver, coach, driver, consultant, uh, you know, whatever um, is is kind of where that goes. I guess, right? Something like that. Also, this just in. Noah Gregson's post-Snowball Derby kiss made it to the English, that would be British, tabloids, oh, oh with boy. the Daily Star calling Gregson by the name Tony. I guess Noah has an alter ego now. <laughs> Racing driver brutally the, rejected on live TV after the trying to get model. The Daily Star the, from, 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 from Britain. Across yeah. the pond. Called him Tony Gregson? Yes. Yep. Yep. Wow. Okay, well, uh, uh, dear Daily Star, uh, get it right. Yeah, I mean, you ever hear of this thing called Google? It's easy to find out his name. Just type yeah. in Gregson Racing, and you're going to get Noah. Uh, wow, that's uh. unbelievable. Okay, so uh, Tony Gregson making it all the way to the British tabloids something that's like that interesting uh, i'm sure uh, noah will get a giant kick out of that one that's uh if he hasn't already yeah that may be uh that may be a first uh okay so kurt bush going to the one we we know that's where he's going it's just uh -huh. it, it's dependent on so so jacob here's my my question to you um and if our producer randy would like to jump in uh, we'll give oh my him a gosh! You're letting Randy well. out of his box. Well, no, I'm not letting him out of his box. I'm just letting him turn on his microphone if he chooses to. We'll we'll, we'll go to you first. Okay. Um, I mean, Kurt Busch to the one. Is this good pairing? Bad pairing? What, what do you look for in 19? If this <sighs> if this happens, um, I hate to be the pessimist here. <laughs> pessimist? Yeah. Uh oh, I don't think it's going to be good. No, I, I think Kurt's going to go out with a whimper. I ooh, Stuart Stuart Haas Racing was top of the line in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series this year, and you're going to a team that couldn't even win a race with Kyle Larson. I I I, I don't believe in it. I'm sorry, Kurt. I I don't mean to be that guy, but not good, not good move, dude. Oh boy, Randy, no faith. Agree or disagree? 
I'm gonna I'm gonna see Jacob's point, but I'm gonna raise him a little bit here because Ooh. I feel like he might be onto something. But I, but you have to think that okay, we're going from Jamie McMurray to Kurt Busch, so automatically it's a little bit of an upgrade. Um, but yeah, true. The fact that that Kyle Larson hasn't won a race, but he's been close. I feel like him having Kurt over there with him and them two working together would not only make Kurt better, but it would make Kyle or make. Uh, Kyle, Kyle Larson better, but make Kurt Busch better as well. So I, I feel like as close as Kurt was last year, or uh, as close as Kyle was last year, having Kurt over there with him, the two of them together would probably be able to do something more than what Kyle and Jamie did this year. Might I remind you, Mr. Seelman, oh. Kurt Busch, when he went to the James Finch 51, made that car faster than it was before he was in it. When he went to the 78 for Furniture Row, he further capitalized on what Regan Smith had started and actually ran top five on occasion and set the table for Martin Truex coming in. And might I also add that I don't believe for one second that Kyle Larson couldn't win in Chip Ganassi's cars. Kyle Larson can't stop hitting the wall and spinning the car out in Chip Ganassi's cars. Well, I believe Kurt Busch goes over there, and I believe he actually outperforms Kyle Larson. He will win more races in 2019 in the one than Kyle Larson wins in the 42. How's that one? Well, that's assuming that Chevrolet can actually get their uh, heads out of the sand and win a race besides Chase Elliott. Kyle had plenty of chances. I, I'm not a believer in the Chevrolet still. That's my story, and well, I'm sticking to well, it. Well, that, that's fine. I mean, you can make that argument I if don't, you want to. I, yeah, but can Chase Kurt, Elliott can, will disagree with can, you, oh, can, by the way. Can Kurt Busch outperform a race car? Yes. And by that, do I mean can, can he make it better than it was before he got there? Yes. Do I believe that Chevrolet is in a place where Kurt Busch can go there and win races next year? No. No. See, I, I couldn't agree. I couldn't disagree more strongly. I believe that Kurt Busch, exactly as Randy said, I think his insight's spot on. Kurt Busch will make Kyle Larson better. One, he will do what Jamie McMurray wasn't able to because Jamie's past his prime. No offense to Jamie. Jamie McMurray was not Jamie McMurray the last couple of years. And Jamie also tried to fit his race car into too many holes built for go-karts on certain tracks, especially the plate tracks. I think Kurt Busch comes in and challenges Kyle Larson. And if Kyle ever figures out that if I dial it back just a little and keep the thing off the wall, I'll win more races. That's going to be a dangerous team over at Chip Ganassi Racing. I believe Kurt wins more than one in the one next year goes to the playoffs. Now I'm not going to say final four yet, but I think Kurt Busch brings Kyle Larson to a new level. I think those two are also going to get along very well because they're both the same kind of really mm. aggressive drivers. I don't think so. You don't No. Kurt's the outlaw. Kyle's known for being right in the wall and just, riding the wall like yeah he needs to dial it down a bit but that's what he's known for but they're both very aggressive is what i'm saying they're, i don't think jamie's I as aggressive as i think that if kurt does go to the one they're not going to get along it just wow. depends on if the driver crew chief chemistry is there is he oh, gonna i think keep, matt mccall, mccall going to stay if they keep matt if they keep matt if i think they it's, it's going to be great if they keep matt 
because I've seen Matt. He won at Southern National. Yeah. He's, he knows. He'll get along great with Kurt. I think, I think Matt and Kurt would be great together. I do. Chad Johnson, he's, he's still with Kyle yeah. Larson? Yeah. Yep, Chad Johnson. Keep yep. them together. They've got good chemistry, but if you mix it up, well, we'll then see. It could be bad. I, uh, I, I think this. I think it's got an opportunity to be big, and I think that announcement will come very soon. And you'll see Suarez to the forty-one. That announcement will come sometime shortly, probably after the Kurt Busch uh-huh. to the one announcement. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we continue with the newswire. More discussion. We got Alex Bowman coming up too. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Stock Car Show, presented by HMS Motorsport and My Computer Career. Be right back, kids. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. Do you hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. How to deal with someone who says that's so gay. Outsmart them. This party is, like, so gay. Totally. Excuse me, but did you ladies know the word gay used to mean happy or excited? Then it became a word used to describe gay people. Then somehow it came to mean dumb or stupid, which is how you just used it, which is not very nice. Ew, that guy is on the football team and super smart, and he totally hates us now. Totally. When you say that's so gay, do you realize what you say? Knock it off. Learn more at thinkbeforeyouspeak.com. Hi, I'm Dylan Bassett, and you're listening to Race Talk on Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. Mr. CrossFit, Dylan Bassett, and welcome back to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport and my computer career. We thank both of them for being such a big part of the Race Chaser Radio family and helping us make these shows happen. Okay, back to the newswire. Um, lots of lots of flux around the NASCAR package uh, and what's going to go on for 2019. And again, you know, we, we really, we're not going to know 
what we're going to get until we start racing in Atlanta. But Jacob, you and I both had the chance. You were, uh, you were at Miami uh-huh. um, and, and kind of saw it live. And I was listening to it uh, from over here as I was on my way to Batesville um, to cover the, or to announce the cart race and the, the state of the sport. Um, what, what did you take away from what Steve Phelps had to say um, in the state of the sport address. What, what did you take away from that? Because for, for me, I felt really, really positive that NASCAR is paying attention to what the fans are saying, what the teams are saying, what, you know, and, but, but of course we aren't going to see much fruit from that for at least another year. Right. But I, I felt really positive and it wasn't just because I felt like he was sort of toting all of that as, you know, talking points. I really think they get it. No, I, I believe they do get it. And the overarching message I feel like that Steve Phelps was trying to get to the race fans is that, hey, we're listening. We have a plan. You guys just have to give us a little right. bit of time to, uh, to get it right here. It's not, you know, it's not an overnight fix is really no, the, it definitely is the overarching message here. And the other thing, too, is that, you know, Steve is, is trying to get these the fans to give, give, them, give them a chance to help get it right, to help make it better. You know, I, I think part of the problem with the fan base is they want to crucify every little thing and just basically spell doom, spell doom and gloom. And that shouldn't be what this is about for 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 the fans if you want to help grow the sport shut up and let the people who are in positions of power to actually grow the sport do what they're supposed to do you know do do what they're there to do for a bit and stop trying to tell them how to do their jobs that well here's here's my take on that i don't want to say shut up i don't want i get tired of track promoters and whoever else telling the fans Stop bad-mouthing stuff on social media because you're killing the sport. To me, that statement is patently and completely bull, okay? But there's a way to do it, okay? If, if, you're just, if, if you can be constructively critical and you have a point, make the point. But if you're just going to, you know, well, NASCAR sucks. NASCAR's gone downhill. NASCAR, and, and, and for the love of, of the good Lord above, Please stop talking about the television ratings. Look, I can do a whole segment on reasons why the ratings numbers for all TV are down and will never be better than they are right now, period. But let me boil it down to one statement. More and more people are getting rid of cable and the ratings only track cable television, okay? I watched every race this year in all three series. Okay, I didn't watch any of them on cable. Well, hardly any of them on cable. A lot of them I watched on the app or on my stream box, and you don't get counted in the ratings. So please move past that. Here's what I got out of this. Look, they're not going to do everything we want. Everybody wants they can't because everybody wants something different. Are the playoffs going away? No, and I'm glad they're not. Are the stages going away? Probably not, and I'm also happy about that too. But here's what I think you're going to see. Steve Phelps basically is, is, I don't want to say he's committing, 
But I think the direction that they were really try they are really exploring, they are open to more short tracks again. They are open to more road courses. They are open to midweek shows. They are open to shorter races. These are things that I think are important. And, you know, they'll make start making some of these changes. And if they're not the changes that the fans want, they'll all say, well, there you go, changing stuff again. Well, either want change or you don't. But yeah. not everybody's going to get what they want. But I really feel like Steve Phelps and, and Jim France and sort of the new regime there are really in a mindset that maybe we went a little too far in certain directions and now we need to come back a little bit. Yes. Which is great. I think that's something that's, you know, that's an attitude that we have not seen. And as Brett Guzik says in our chat, um, you know, I feel like NASCAR is putting good people in place and taking much better steps in the future. I agree. I, th I think, you know, again, I don't, I don't want to, um, I don't want to, you know, I, I hope Brian France is able to get himself better, but I also don't want to, you know, I don't want to drag him through the mud, but I do think that there were, you know, his vision of what NASCAR needed to be, I don't think agreed with the fans and I don't think it agreed with all of the teams either. I, I think this sport is at a point where it has a chance to reinvent itself. Yes. And I think you're going to have to go backward a little bit in order to create a better forward. And I think that's what I get out of Steve Phelps' uh, state of the sport is they're sincerely looking for uh, directions and they're open to any and all discussion, you know, except for going back to North Wilkesboro. Here again, please stop. The facility's too far gone. But there are plenty of other short tracks that NASCAR can send its Dang. series to. Um, you can have another dirt race or something. You can have more road courses. We got plenty of them. So, you know, I feel like what you're going to start seeing is you'll see a few little tweaks in 20, but you can't do too much with it yet because you still got your track contracts in place. Uh -huh. But when it comes to 2021, and aren't we due to get a new chassis again? Ooh, let's go to Mexico. Yeah, we're, we're, Eventually, yeah, we're supposed we're, to get we're a new We're going to have chassis. a new chassis. Mexico? Go back to Mexico. You think? Yeah. I... I know they had a lot of safety concerns about Mexico. So or go to Canada. Trucks go to that, Canada. See, have Xfinity go to Canada. See, Edward Adams was in our chat earlier. Edward's a road course guy. And Edward actually it would like to see the cup cars go to Toronto and, and race. Ooh. He thinks the cup series would put on a great show in that Toronto. That would be fun. And I would like to see that. I actually would like to see a cup show in Canada. I, I think it's a shame that the top series doesn't go. But you just got to be careful because I think the other thing that, that they're open to is actually less races. So if you're going to start adding new events, you're going to have to really start taking away some of the ones we have now in order to, to have the total be less than 36. Or mm -hmm. you have the trucks go to Darlington on Monday, on Labor Day Monday. You let the trucks go in once the Xfinity is cleared out on Saturday and you have a Labor Day Monday race for the truck series at Darlington Speedway. Well, I mean, that's that could be possible. You too. let them have their throwback. Could be very, very possible. Um, it's it, it would be very interesting to see uh, what that would look like. I'm not totally opposed to that. Um, I think we're due for a break here, are we not? Something um, like that. Let's step aside. When we come back, we'll continue this discussion. But first, we're going to hear from Alex Bowman 
right around the turn. You're listening to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport, My Computer Career. We be right back. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes on Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, Camping World Truck, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the HMS staff is always ready to take the time to help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. Hi, this is John Andrasik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends, don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Harrison Rhodes, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport and my computer career, Tom Baker, Ellie Belay, Jacob Seelman. Over in the tech shed is Randy Miller, and we are talking racing here for about another 30 minutes or so. And we were kind of discussing next year and nascar and the future and all of that we're going to get back to that discussion momentarily but i want to take us in a different direction as we start this segment here because again we go back uh to the audio and jacob you had a chance to catch up over the weekend 
with Alex Bowman. Not this weekend. When did when was Thanksgiving weekend? Oh, Thanksgiving the, weekend. The, okay, Thanksgiving so this week. is a this, leftover. This, from, yes, this was from the Turkey Night Grand Prix. Ah, okay. So we have a a, a leftover from Thanksgiving week. Of course, we were uh, pre-recorded all of that uh, that week, and uh, this is our first live in studio show back. So you uh, talked with Alex Bowman, indeed, and Alex had a little something to say about. What's going on for him with the Chili Bowl? Eh, he just had a bit of an announcement that he's running two cars at the 2019 Chili Bowl next month. And uh, it's been a couple years in the making, but C.J. Leary going to run the Valvoline car once again. As and Alex is going to return to uh, the Chili Bowl for his first time since, I think, 2016, if I remember correctly. Yeah. This is big. Alex grew up running midgets, and this is, you know, this is where his heart is. This is his... Like, kind of like his golf game, his relaxation away from the rigors of the Cup Series. He's been a team owner for C.J. Leary a good bit the last year or two, two and really enjoyed that. But he told me he's wanted to get back to doing this for a while. Now feels like the right time to do it, and he's really excited about it. How excited is he, Randy? Let's let the people hear how excited Alex Bowman is, shall we? Alex Bowman is looking at C.J. Leary's midget, and uh, we joked about this back in January. You were eyeballing that car and wanting to drive it yourself. Through a lot of begging and I'm sure uh, a lot of work between you and Hendrick Motorsports and all the other parties involved, you don't have to uh, eyeball it and not drive it anymore. You actually uh, get to bring two cars indoors to Tulsa, and you're running the Chili Bowl alongside C.J. in January, and I imagine you're really excited about that. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be fun. Hopefully I don't suck too bad, but um, I'm excited to get back in one. It's uh, It's been a couple years, and really enjoy these cars. So I enjoy working on them too, but uh, driving them is, uh, is a blast. When was the last time you ran Chili Bowl, and what do you remember from it? Uh, 2016, I guess, we were in Chili Bowl, and... Um, we were quick. I was just really rusty. I mean, I it had been since like 2012 that I'd been in a midget, um, so just super rusty. And um, I don't know, probably be more more of that. But uh, hopefully, hopefully we run okay. You've been on the Cup side now for a full season and a full playoff run at that. But what is it that draws you in? I know it's your roots, but what is it that makes coming back to these cars so special? It's just stress-free and a lot of fun. And these cars, there's a lot of room for innovation. There's not a lot of rules. The rule book is a couple pages long, not uh, not a couple hundred pages long. So it's uh, it's just fun, you know, especially Chili Bowl where there's literally no rule book and uh, you can kind of do whatever you want. And it gives me something to do and keeps me out of trouble throughout the year. <laughs> Do you set any goals for yourself, or is it just get the car to the finish and see where you stack up sort of a deal? Uh, for me driving, I'd like to make the A on my night um, and be, I don't know, in a C or a, a D, wherever it shakes out on, at worst case, on, on Saturday. And, um, you know, we've been in the B the last two years with this car and um, had speed for the A, just haven't been able to put one of our prelim features together. So um, if we can get CJ in the A and hopefully run up front, I mean, think uh, we have a good uh, as good of a shot at it as anybody you know I, I was thinking about what you were saying about this being like his golf game and uh-huh i surely hope he doesn't bogey the chili bowl because when you bogey yeah. at the chili bowl you become part of the flip count <laughs> so yeah you know, um there are no sand traps there so we don't have to worry about a wedge shot but correct uh, flop shot as tiger woods likes to call him but um definitely hope he does not bogey alex I don't know how he pulled this off with Rick Hendrick. I, I want to know what kind of 
he he must have some sort of he he must have a little bit of junior's uh sort of you know status with with Mr. Rick at this point be, to in in order to get that because Rick's usually not a big fan of his drivers competing especially at dirt track events yes. um you know when they're while they're under contract for obvious reasons but um maybe because you know it is the chili bowl and although you know it certainly isn't without its dangers it is a very small track event and you know in all honesty i mean i don't know you know if any of the cup sponsors are going to be mm-hmm. any kind of a part of this effort but you know certainly there could be some really good cross promotion there oh there very well could be and i will not at all be surprised if either exalta or nationwide end up on alex bowman's budget for the uh, 2019 chili bowl and i'm also excited that courtesy of Brian Holbert's countdown, we are now 41 days from the start <laughs> of the 2019 Lucas Oil Chili Bowl Nationals. And I'm ready to be back on Tulsa time. I'm just saying I have waited 360, 359 days, I guess it would be, from the end of the last Chili Bowl for the start of this one. You're shaking your head out, Ellie. What's going on over there? He's got a countdown for Chili Bowl, and I have a countdown for Daytona. Well, see, and, and here's the deal. I have a countdown for both. I'm not going to the Chili Bowl. I do. I, I'm hoping to be at Daytona. I plan to be at Daytona. But, um, but I have a countdown for both because the fan, the Chili Bowl is like the unofficial start of the racing season. I mean, you know, we get through the holidays and, you know, we, we've barely, you know, made our New Year's resolutions and they haven't had any time yet to break them. Um, and then, you know, here we go with the Chili Bowl. And, this because that event is is just a magic event. I mean, you get you know what three three hundred plus four hundred plus yes, whatever it is three hundred plus, and they've added an extra day. Correct. So five days of qualifying. Yeah, now it's five. So you know it's just an unbelievable week. Honestly, I mean, if if you if you can't get excited watching, you know the 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 chili bowl, then you have no pulse. I mean, the, the, I don't care what kind of racing you prefer. The Chili Bowl is a whole other deal, and, you know, lots of excitement there. I'm really stoked that Tim McCready um, is racing it in a car that is going to be um, painted up as a, a throwback, if you will, or a tribute car to his father, Barefoot Bob. And if yes. you don't know who Barefoot Bob McCready is, just Google him, okay? Um, he's They're from the North Country where I'm from, and uh, tell you what, Barefoot Bob is as much a legend in this sport as – as anybody else, he's kind of the buzzy rudiment of, you know, the, the Northern Modified set. And Tim, of course, has been running uh, late models for most of the last um, good number of years on the dirt and has done very well. But uh, has done well at the Chili Bowl. I think he won it one year, did he not? Tim? Tim, yeah. Yeah, 2007. 2007. Yeah, 2007. Um, see, I do know stats once in a while. Um, <laughs> you know, that was uh, that was the year I think I jumped out of my shorts uh, when, when he ended up winning that race. I mean, that just so unexpected. But um, certainly, that's it's going to be a great show, and I'm glad that Alex Bowman's going to get to race it. That's kind of a... Um, that's kind of his thing, as you said. That's where he grew up, and, and everybody wants to run the Chili Bowl. If you're an open-wheel, open-cockpit racer, that's where you want to be is the Chili Bowl in January. So good for Alex Bowman. Um, an opportunity for us here while we have a minute left. Uh-huh. Do you see Alex Bowman improving his performance in the Cup Series in 2019, Jacob? Absolutely. 
Okay. Do you want to elaborate on where you think Alex will fall next year? Not yet. Not yet. I think it's too soon to make that kind of a prediction, but well, I think he improves, yes. Okay. Um, well, we've it's time for a break, so we've run yeah. out of time, but we'll pick up our Alex discussion later. Uh, plenty more opportunity to talk about Chili Bowl as uh, that gets closer as well. We're going to step aside. When we come back, <laughs> it's time for the lightning round, and who knows what that brings. Here on the Stock Car Show, presented by HMS Motorsport and My Computer Career, we shall return, we promise. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Here at Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. Take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. Give us a call at Lewis Meineke, 302-827-2054. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math and science person. No problem and no excuses because it's not rocket science. It's my computer career. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You could start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Mycomputercareer.edu. That's mycomputercareer.edu. Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels, new to intermediate, to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Matt Tipp, and you're listening to Race Talk. Hi, I'm Harrison Rose, and you're listening to Race Well, we, we have Metallica and trombones there. That's... Uh, 
you gotta you gotta love and, live radio. Sometimes. Instead of dueling banjos, we had dueling reentries. Yeah, dueling reentries and uh, heavy metal versus trombones. I don't know. It's uh, Metallica did play with the symphony orchestra one time, and that was I think that's the greatest album they've ever made. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show, presented by. Uh, HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web, and you should. If you're a driver or a track or a series, they've got radios. They've got all kinds of driver safety gear, seats, uh, belts. Go check them out. HMS Motorsport, no S on the end, HMSMotorsport.com. And we're looking forward to being there next week doing uh, a show on remote from on location from HMS Motorsport and we'll be there the week after both on Monday as well. So the 10th and the 17th of December on location at HMS Motorsport in Mooresville. Come on out and say hello. And we, of course, will have uh, safety seminars each day uh, that you will be able to see live on the show. So I get to strap you down in a five point harness. No. Tom said say hello, so I said hello, hello. and then Allie got way too excited. No. Moving on. <laughs> um, okay, so we go Hans into devices? we go into the the lightning round here, and this generally is where we go around the table in a series of rapid fire questions, and who knows where the answers go. Um, I'm going to start with this question: You can only go to one of the following races for the rest of your life. Oh, wow. Only oh. one of the following four races. Only four? For the rest of your life. A, Indy 500. B, Daytona 500. C, the Chili Bowl. Or D, the... You can pick any Formula One race you want. Chili Bowl. Is that even a question? Well, wow. it might, might not be for you, but it might be for some of our other panelists here. Chili Bowl. Chili Bowl. Absolutely. Okay. Jacob's going to the Chili Bowl. That's it. He's not doing any NASCAR stuff the rest of his life. Um, Allie. Indy they, 500. Say, say it again. Which the one? Indy 500. Indy 500 for Allie. Okay. That's interesting. Why? I've, I've done Daytona 500, been there, done that. Um it would actually be a toss-up between Indy 500 and Chili Bowl because I've never been to the Chili Bowl. But you can only do one. In other words, you get to watch one race for the rest of it. You can go for the next 30 years, but you only, you can't go to any of the other races was the question. You can only oh. go to one race for the rest of your life. Chili Bowl. Jacob's picking the Chili Bowl. Oh, then I changed my, my answer. I That's why I wanted to explain. What is it? I go Chili Bowl. <laughs> Okay, well. Even though she's never been and doesn't know anything been. about I it. I know nothing about it. Interesting. So Allie picks the Chili Bowl. But Randy, are you going to agree with the Chili Bowl or are you going to pick one of the other three? We have no love for Formula One here. James Pike will shoot us. I'm a dirt guy, so I'm going to go with the Chili Bowl. But more, more so than that, if you think about the Chili Bowl and how many, like, during the course of the, the five or six days now, that the Chili Bowl is, you see NASCAR drivers there anyways. So if you're turning into the day 2500 to see NASCAR – guys race then just go to the chili bowl and you can see the exact same thing. wow okay so, so chili bowl all the way around um i'm actually gonna pick the indy 500 because and, and if you know me well enough i come from a part of the country where super modifieds are king they're open wheel open cockpit cars i'm an indy guy um i know chili bowl features midgets which are also open wheel open cockpit cars but um 
you know, Chili Bowl is a week long, and for me, that's just really hard. Um, I'm actually uh, I, I'm actually digging the Indy 500. So wow. um, I'm I, if I could pick just one race out of those four for the rest of my life, I'm going to the Indy 500. And by the way, the bucket list, because I have actually been to Indy once. The other three choices, I've never been to Daytona to see a, a, a 500. So um, that would be a bucket list. The F1 series is certainly a bucket list. And I'm hoping maybe in the next couple of years to get to one of the F1 races in the States. Um, and of course, uh, the Chili Bowl for me is obviously a bucket list. It just has to, it is, it, again, when, when, you're, when you own stuff and run stuff, you can't always go where you want. But Indy 500 for but me. Isn't, sorry, isn't the Indy 500 like a month long event? Um, well, I mean, you have the kind race of. just you on got that one day. And all that got, but yeah, it's it's but the month of May. Yeah. It's the month of May. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, my experience generally um, in the past has been that I go out for Carburation Day, which is used to be the Thursday before they moved it to Friday now. Um, but I would go out for, for Carburation Day. Well, I mean, it's fine with me, but I would go to Carburation Day on Thursday. And then um, usually either we go. Either we pick one of the other. If there's a short track deal on Friday, we go to that, or we just take Friday night off from the from the track. We go to the little 500 on Saturday at Anderson Motor Speedway, which is the for sprint cars, paved sprint cars. 33 paved sprint cars start three abreast, indie style on a quarter mile track alley, and they all make it through the first corner. You see Jacob's reaction yes. to that because Jacob's yes. grandpa sat on the pole for that race in 1969. Yes, and 79. And sorry, Jacob, um, J you you've not been there. I, yes, no, uh, no. Uh, must see sanctions that I've never been in person. Yeah, okay, you've never been there. I have. I've been there. I think three times now, and uh, I've been to the Indy 500 once. And um, actually, I've got a great story about that um, that I could tell really quickly here. I actually, you get there at like six in the morning. You have to if you're going to get a parking place anywhere near the place. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they have all this pomp and circumstance, and you've been up since, like, 5. And so I get there, and, and we walk around for a while, and then I get, get to my, my seat in the third turn in the infield to watch the race. This was before I was, was part of the big part of the national media, so I was doing it as a fan. The, the, the race starts. This is, I think, 89. It was the year that Al Unser and Emerson Fittipaldi crashed. My two favorite drivers crash each other, um, and Emerson ends up winning. Um, even though he crashed. Even though he, well, he, yeah, he crashed Unser is what he did. <laughs> the, the two of them argued over space. So my two favorite guys end up one in the wall and one wins. But the race starts, and what happens is you're so, it's so electric leading all the way up to the start of the race and you get to the first lap and your adrenaline's pumping and then after a while the cars are going around and you start to sort of let yourself down a little bit and i actually fell asleep in the middle of the indy 500 in the grandstand in my shame seat for, on you i missed about 20 or 25 laps of it it wasn't shame a long shame on but you yeah i actually dozed off uh, no wonder why you want to go back and watch the indy 500 yeah <laughs> i want to see if i can stay awake through the whole thing but you know <laughs> it, it just it's so hot and you're just 
Yeah, I actually dozed off. Unbelievable. Um, I love Brett Guzik's comment in the chat. Brett was replying to our question. Can I start my Indy 500 experience in 1950? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I don't have Brett's a stipulation a <laughs> for going back in time. Brett's a, Brett's a historian, though. Brett is a his. Well, Brett is a historian. He's also driven uh, micro sprints, so he kind of knows the open wheel, yeah. open cockpit side of things. And, um, you know, went to school at Purdue. Um, so, you know, you kind of have that going for you too. Um, you know, it's just, uh, it's a glorious race. And, and if, yeah, so if I have my choice with all due respect, um, to, to all my NASCAR friends, uh, and short track, uh, midget friends, the Indy 500 is my choice. Okay. I think we got time for one more question okay. here. So I'm going to throw this one out. This is going to be a fill in the blank question. And I'm going to start with Allie. Oh, boy. Okay, so fill in the blank. My favorite all-time racing moment in any series is blank. Holy crap. <laughs> I don't think that's a moment, Allie. I'm trying. You can't do this in a fast round. <laughs> She's got a point. Well, Ellie's a bit inexperienced with yeah. with our lightning round think on your feet kind of speed, but we'll let Ellie think about that a minute. Jacob, what's yours? All right, I have two actually. My favorite all time racing moment as a fan, as much as it broke my heart, was the two thousand seven Daytona five hundred watching at that time, you know, my favorite driver, Mark Martin, actually have a shot to win the five hundred. Okay. Um as a media member my favorite all-time racing moment actually came back in January. The command to fire engines for the Chili Bowl. Be the the five seconds before the A-Main gets underway on Saturday night, everything just it stops for a moment. And that, that moment of intensity, I, I was literally almost knocked off my feet just at how surreal that was. So that, for me, as a media member, is my favorite moment that I've experienced so far. Randy. Uh, for me, being a, a junior fan, was seeing being at TMS when he won his first uh, cup race. Um, oh, wow. There you go. That's, that was the, a cool thing for me to see because he was my favorite driver. So that would be mine. Okay. Um, all right. So uh, I'll come back. Allie, you ready? You I, got no, one? I don't have one. There's so many. Okay. I don't have one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably sit because I know where Jacob thinks I would go is probably to some moment in, in international classic history. But I'm actually not going there. My favorite all-time racing moment ever was the very first NHRA race I ever went to at Memphis. Um, and it was the first time I'd ever experienced that. And, and I can tell this really, really quickly. I was working with race on driving experience. We had a booth in vendor row outside of the track area, outside of the, 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 the built, the, the area. And, uh, the, 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 the first time, very first time my back was facing the ah, outer wall of the the very first, first time mistake. that the very well it's the way the booth was set up the very first time a top fuel lit up i literally jumped off my feet i think it, i i could have scaled high hurdles 
unbelievable the power of those things my very favorite racing moment jacob yeah you gave me about 20 seconds to get us out of here so i have to do this quick thanks to our partners at hms motorsport and my computer career for what they do to make the stock car show possible as well as bob Steele, sue mace and all the folks at the performance motorsports network so for randy miller behind the glass as well as tom baker and ali moulet i'm jacob sealman keep it off the wall folks and if you're headed to a racetrack somewhere we might just see you there have a safe racing weekend Good night. You've been listening to the Stock Car Show on the Performance Motorsports Network. Stay tuned to Performance Motorsports Network for more race talk. For the latest motorsports news, visit racechaseronline.com. The Stock Car Show is a copyrighted production of the Performance Motorsports Network. www.performancemotorsportsnetwork.com. A member of the Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated and may not be rebroadcast, replicated, or saved in any media without the explicit written permission of PMN. Check out our Facebook page or our section on the PMN website. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host, co-host, and guests, and do not necessarily reflect those of the management and ownership of either the Performance Motorsports Network or Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated, the advertisers, or the marketing partners. Be listening again next week when the Stock Car Show returns on Thursday night at 7 Eastern. Until then, stay tuned for more great motorsports programming on the Performance Motorsports Network.